Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Welcome. No, <laughs> don't don't start with that. That's terrible. <laughs> Welcome to Wander. We're back at it again, bitches. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Episode number. What is this anymore? Four. Four? We're pre we're pre recording two in a day because I'm gonna be traveling to my next contract. This is Olivia speaking. Um, soonish, mm-hmm. and we just want to make sure that we can get stuff out. So, I'll be headed Absolutely. to Northern Idaho at the end of January. So freaking excited! Facing the snow for the first time in an RV, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and there is, I you know, I have gotten requests to do the travel nursing episode too. So, yes, we'll do that. Um, totally. we're gonna go into like how how to get started, kind of what to prep. Um, for that, questions to ask during an interview, what to expect Ooh. out of an interview, how to look at a contract, like all of that kind of stuff. So oh. we could maybe even oh. do that one later, but that'll be coming in the future. Today's episode Amazing. is all is going to be kind of more of a vulnerable one for the two of us, but I think more specifically for me, Olivia. Um, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about mental health. And um, kind of like body image and how that's related to me personally and um, just like females growing up in this culture and society that we have in America at least. But I think kind of in general across the board in the world, um, expectations that women have and that kind of thing. So um, I'm going to kind of like lead the conversation. um, I'm not like downing on Sandy at all. And we kind of talked about this separately too, but I have more experience with therapy and that's okay. It's amazing. I it's going to open my eyes to things too. And I'm excited for that because I'm one to bottle things up and just hide in a corner. So it'll be good for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the big things that I want out of this podcast is to just feel like it's an open space where we can come as we are and be accepting of who we are in this moment. Um, Not who we were in the past and the things that we lacked or like our future Mm -hmm. selves. And like, we haven't gotten to that point yet and that kind of thing. So I just really want to be vulnerable, share my story. And if that helps anybody in the future, you feel like you can relate to it. That's really the whole point. And that would make me feel great and fulfilled by it. So Thank you for the snaps. Yeah. Snaps. Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs) When I was kind of like prepping the outline of this specific episode, it, it, um, is a lot about mental health, but it's a lot about like body image too. So it'll kind of like Mm -hmm. shift back and forth between the two subjects. But, um, yeah, I guess let's start. So let's dive in. Okay, so we're going to be talking about, like, mental health and young girls growing up 
in this culture and in this society and in um, like family structures and stuff, when we're being exposed to things that we don't even realize subconsciously, like the messages that we're like getting deeply embedded into our brains as we're growing up, changing and going through puberty with body changes and all that kind of stuff. So in general, I wanted to start with like the typical young girl, what we're all exposed to, what we've dealt with, even at like a basis level that I think we could all relate to. So if you think back to like your childhood, Sandy, or if I think back Mm -hmm. to mine, the very first things that pop up when I think back to like, oh, this definitely like formulated some opinions about like expectations of what the female body should look like or like how I should act, what's like what's important to be considered pretty or attractive to a boy or whatever, like all these things. The first things that come up to in my mind are like the magazines that I read, the TV shows that I watched, like how my mom viewed, reacted, responded to, spoke about her own body. And Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. for me, a huge part of it is too like the Christian church and how they kind of talked about like sexuality and certain things like that. So if we want to get more specific about that and kind of talk about like, I don't know, bring out specific examples that could cause like light bulb connection moments for like you and I, For me, like growing up, the TV shows I would watch would be like Hannah Montana. <laughs> same, and even though same. that's like a really like good feeling, typical preteen teenage girl show, like you look at it as the main character is like a twig and she's popular yeah. because she's pretty and like mm-hmm. all these boys like her because she's pretty and like, yeah, she was awkward and that made her relatable. But like at the end of the day, she's still a superstar. You know what I mean? So like yep. you're taking these messages in inadvertently and like they're mm-hmm. getting embedded in your brain, whether you realize what's happening or not. So I also feel like that. So yes, oh magazines, TV shows, things you see on the internet, but also like things you see in school. Like who are the popular kids in school? Like my school, most of them were skinny, pretty, attractive. Like, I don't know. Popularity is so huge. Yeah. Another TV show that like really, really emphasized all of this in my childhood was like America's Next Top Model. And I loved it because of the artisticness of it. Like they're different Mm -hmm. photo shoots. Like if I could be doing that, oh my God, (laughs) like those kinds of like, like seeing a whole creative uh, endeavor out from like conception to like birth and completion, like holy shit, those, those episodes (laughs) are cool when they really get down to like, the artistic endeavor of the photo shoot. And like, that's a whole other topic that we want to get into is like cultivating time, Mm -hmm. prioritizing creativity in your life. So we'll get to Mm -hmm. that in the future and know that it is going to be a very, very passionate talk. Um, But so is this one. Um, And I feel like that show really emphasized the fact that like you had to change yourself and your outward appearance to be like, successful, accepted, um, Mm -hmm. praised, all of that kind of thing. 
perfect. Yeah. So there's so many subliminal messages that we're just digesting, consuming as little girls. It like makes me sad now to think about and realize, but those two were huge for me. Um, and then the Christian church is like a little difficult for me to talk about. And I I'll get into it in another topic that we want to discuss in the future, but just like their emphasis on like the purity culture and like Mm -hmm. saving yourself for marriage. And if you didn't, you like, for me, it felt like you were a failure and that you were like tarnished in a way. So it made me almost like fearful of my body, I would say. And like Mm. the capability that it had to really like wreck my life and my self-worth. Um, so it was just this like confusing time of my life. Um, and I feel like there's still certain like elements of like the thought patterns I had that are still with me today because of that. Absolutely. It's just, it's tricky. Mm -hmm. It is. We will touch on that in the future, but, um, for now we're going to stick with like body image and stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think those specific examples really like can be super obvious and say like, Oh, I can definitely see like how I could have developed, like you name it, an eating disorder, like body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. low self-esteem comparison issues with like other people in my life, other girls in my life, um, body dysmorphia, all that kind of stuff. And I did, I did want to emphasize too, because I feel like, Oh, like you don't realize that your mom plays such a huge role on how you view Mm -hmm. your own body. But like, it's true. I read this book recently. Um, and it's just super powerful talking about the relationship between mother and daughter. And like, Mm. my mom's a great person. Um, I never really, like, I would consider I had a great childhood when it comes to like the family structure and like not wanting for anything, but there is something huge to say about like how your mom views herself can like come across Mm -hmm. because you're learning, you're learning the worth of a woman based off of the woman that you idolize growing up. And that's, that's your mom. So like, wow. Mm -hmm. I loved that. You're learning the worth of your, I loved it. It's this book, man. (laughs) It's no, I'm not because I'll mess it up, but like, it's this book. It's just absolutely wild. So, um, we'll have to link or share the book. Yeah. It, it paints a picture that like the, the title is called mother hunger. So it makes it seem like I have like this absentee mother and I, I don't No. Um, but it's, it was just a really, really interesting read. And it like basically was the spark that made me accept like, Oh, I have issues here with like my childhood. Um, and like, it's okay for me to start medication, which is a Mm -hmm. question that I've been battling literally for years. So I'm going to get into that a little bit, but I also want to tie in some of the stuff that I learned throughout therapy too, just because like I've had such huge growth in my mental health journey in the last two years that I've been in therapy too. So Honestly, if I can help anybody, like that would make me feel so great because it's been so monumental in my life. Yeah, it's amazing. So this book also talked about like um, childhood traumas and they specifically Mm -hmm. called it like um, what adverse childhood events. So ACEs Mm -hmm. um, and those are things that like 
could be described as like really intense sexual assault, like emotional abuse, mm-hmm. physical abuse, or even things like homelessness or something that like affects a lot of kids growing up is like divorce of their parents. Like that's considered oh, yeah. an adverse childhood event. And those kinds of things like literally change the chemistry of your brain because mm-hmm. like you can be dealing with this repeated or constant trauma or this like state of stress in your brain and your brain like tries to like heal yourself in a way that your chemistry changes and you can be more susceptible to like mental health and physical health issues in the future like that is factual I read it in this book and like it makes so much sense when I'm gonna talk about like what I dealt with in my like junior high years um, because I I have always said, like, when this issue started happening in my life, my entire personality changed. And I still carry so many issues from that in my current, you know, day-to-day life. So think about your childhood yeah. and, like, think about specific things that happened that, like, really affected you, even if they confused you in a way that's like, why am I having this reaction? Or, like, this isn't even necessarily about me. I'm not the spotlighted person in this but like I still think about it to this day and like what kind of effect did that have on you how did it make you view yourself your future your worth like all those kinds of things um wow that's crazy like thinking about an event something happening happening in your childhood has has such a huge impact on the rest of your life or like even how you think of yourself view yourself all of that It really does. And like, I know that you're not like in therapy yet. Like a goal of mine Mm -hmm. is to like get you on board. I agree. One of the first things that they'll go into is literally your childhood. Like everything Mm -hmm. comes back to your childhood to the point where like I was multiple months into seeing this person like on an every other week basis. And I was like, can we not talk about my childhood for like one session, please. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm talking bad about my family or stuff. And it's not that per se, like if you had a terrible childhood, like, yeah, maybe there's some stuff that you shouldn't feel bad about bringing up. But for me, like I said, my, my parents, like I never really wanted for anything. Like I, I felt really secure Mm -hmm. when it came to like meeting my um, like physical needs and, and -hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I do want to emphasize before I like kind of get into more of my personal story is like for a long time, I felt like I was angry with my parents or like, um, Mm. upset, but only in the last, like maybe six months, I've really, really realized and like sat with this thought of like, they can only give you what they were given. Like they can only provide what they knew, Um, and so like I'm in therapy and I've chosen not to have kids yet because I really, really, really desperately want to make sure that I'm at my best state of mind and fully Mm -hmm. accepted who I am as a person, um, so that I can be the best like parent for my future kid. Cause I just learned how like truly detailed and, and significant that that relationship is, um, even with yourself and how it reflects on your kid. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and just I I think realizing and accepting is just huge realizing what was your trauma or 
anything like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's, it's easy to idolize um, family and stuff. And I, again, I will say until I'm blue in the face, like my family, they're not bad people, but they're not yeah. perfect. Nobody is, you know. So. Nobody is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to get into my stuff now. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like both of our personal mental health potentially. Mm-hmm. And like a lot mm-hmm. of it doesn't even have to do with my parents. It's more of like a health issue that I had. So, um, since mine's going to kind of be a little bit more long winded and I don't even know if you have a specific, um, subject in mind, I'm going to give you the floor mm-hmm. for a minute. And, and yeah. it can even be like, this is what I struggle with now. And, and I, yeah. I don't have it figured out cause I don't have myself figured out now, but like, this no. is something I definitely want to like talk about if mm-hmm. I ever decide to do therapy. So Sandy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think take it away. owning your, thank you. <laughs> owning your own business, I think can have such a huge role and play on your feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, I'm definitely one to bottle things up instead and like not accept my feelings. So it's like with my business, imposter syndrome, obviously like huge. I definitely suffered from it and just following so many other amazing photographers, business owners, I start to question myself and my worth and all of that. So I really, really struggle with that. And I definitely want to work on that. And I know there's so much other things that I struggle with too, that I just haven't owned up to or just Mm -hmm. realized, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yeah. It's okay to verbalize like, oh, this is my business. And it's, it's difficult Mm -hmm. for me because ultimately you're putting a mirror up to yourself and saying like, Mm -hmm. this is my pride and joy. This is my baby. This is my life, but it's a reflection of who you are personally because you're selling yourself. You're the photographer, you're the brand, you're the quirky chic boutique or like the personality, you know? So like, it is a really personal, passionate little part of you. And if you don't (laughs) feel like it measures up, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm definitely not as in touch with my mental health as Olivia is. And I want to be, I really, really want to be because I feel like it would just help me so much and help me figure out my life. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does. It's really hard work though, too, because there's a lot of like feelings that get pulled to the surface that you thought Mm -hmm. that you had really had closure with and you haven't, you just like pushed it to the back of your mind. So it's hard. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. I did want to say like, if you feel like you struggle with, um, even acknowledging your feelings to yourself, Mm -hmm. Colton has recently started therapy and I'll have to ask if he's okay, including this. Um, Mm -hmm. but he, his therapist has encouraged him to get a journal and every Mm -hmm. day in the morning, he has to write three pages and there's no prompts whatsoever. So he's supposed to just like pull out feelings or whatever it is and kind of like talk about those because he's not really great at figuring out like if anything it's bothering him and stuff. So that's, that's really good for him. So that's food for thought. 
Ooh, okay. Amazing. I'm definitely going to have to start doing that. I got to pause for a second. So, like, you know those little, um, like, chocolate sticks that you can buy and, like, the tin cylinder things? So, like, I had one of these, and I took a bite or two of it before we started, and it's just been on the counter. And it keeps – I keep looking down and thinking it's some kind of, like – cigar or something like it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing i was like what the heck is that no it's chocolate <laughs> just olivia's cigar yeah that's fine um okay so um so we'll get kind of like into mine now if that's mm-hmm. cool yes mm-hmm. um i like I've said before, I'm the middle child of two boys and I grew up in a really small town. So like not a lot of kids in my class, like it was really easy. I don't want to say easy, but like once you found a sport or an activity that you enjoyed, like there wasn't a lot of people, like it was easy to kind of like excel in that and perform well Mm -hmm. if you like enjoyed it and were quote unquote good at it. And for me, like, I think at the core of who I am, I've always been like a more of like a deeper thinker, like moodier, um, words of affirmation. Like I, I'm really like, I want to get to the root of my feeling and like kind of sit in it. I'm an Enneagram four. So like, if you know anything about that, like I'm a bit of a drama queen when it comes to stuff like that. (laughs) And my family, my parents and stuff, again, they can't give to you what they didn't have or what makes them uncomfortable. That's just a normal mm-hmm. human thing. Like Sandy, you've said before that yeah. you're not super good with being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm not good at that either. But if it comes down to like me feeling, wanting to feel fulfilled or accepted in a space mm-hmm. or even like specifically in a relationship, I need that like intimate emotional conversation. And I just don't feel like my family really knew how to do that. So I, I learned really quickly that like I could also find this fulfillment or this like feeling of being accepted in my family or loved and stuff when I performed well. So like I Mm. threw myself into extracurricular activities because it was also kind of something that was expected of us. Um, So like I grew up constantly being in a sport If the Mm -hmm. sport was off season for my school year, like soccer was in the fall. If it was springtime, I was in the musicals and I found a way to perform Mm -hmm. in that. And like, if there was an off season, like I decided I didn't want to do basketball, then like, aside from the school activities, I was figure skating all the time too. So I was in figure skating. Um, So I just learned that if like I got praise for doing something like that I was also like feeling good about it um Mm -hmm. because I wasn't really like I didn't get necessarily the affirmation that I think little me would have been really really like eaten up so and I was really like thriving in that like I loved sports I loved being busy Mm -hmm. and being active and then when it got to be my like eighth grade year into freshman year of high school. Um, and I'm like not planning on getting emotional, but if I do just like ride it out with me, I started to develop this health issue 
that took like multiple years to get diagnosed. So I would wake up in the mornings and I don't even remember like when exactly it happened. It was like, I was just on autopilot getting through all these activities and going through my life. And all of a sudden it was like screeched to a halt, but I was also still trying to maintain this like level of buzzing around and being busy and stuff. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. possible. And I was really suffering. So I would wake up in the mornings before school and it would be like maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And all of a sudden I would just be like completely overcome with feelings of dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea. Um, I would shake, physically shake. Um, A lot of times I would throw up. Um, I, I would pass out like a handful of times across the course of like a couple years. It would Mm -hmm. never get to that point. Um, I didn't know what was happening to me. Uh, how old were you again? When it junior high. Yeah. And I was like, I, I completely like changed my whole way of living because now I was like afraid of when this would happen. Mm -hmm. Like, how would I combat what people would think? How would I get through this class? How would I like, I would get letters because I would go home after these episodes would happen in the mornings. And it was weird because an, an hour later I would feel back to normal. So I was like, I know this isn't in my head. I know this isn't in my head, but like something is repeatedly happening And I don't know how to fix it. And for a while, like I was going to the doctor and they thought I had hypoglycemia. So I was carrying around Mm -hmm. this like little glucometer. I would check my blood sugar and it was normal. And I wasn't in nursing school then. So I was like, oh, this number is lower than that number. Like maybe (laughs) it was wrong, but like it was normal. Um, And like I started developing this huge like dread when I would feel the initial like aura of another episode coming on where like I wouldn't know how to ask for help because I was afraid of the judgment and like yeah what people would think all of it exactly it would happen so much that like even some family members would say like this isn't real or like oh my my gosh I had a family member that like questioned if I was pregnant (gasps) even though I was like a virgin um Oh my gosh. It was a really challenging time. My doctor at the time didn't know what was going on. Um, And like, yeah, my anxiety just went through the roof where I was constantly worrying about, about like how to deal Mm -hmm. with one of these episodes that they would just like start happening. Um, Yeah. Which totally makes sense. How could you? Yeah. It, it makes me really sad for like little me. Cause I realize mm-hmm. now I had to grow up a lot faster than I, I should have at the time. Oh, yeah. I ended up, it was sophomore year, like around Christmas break that I was finally diagnosed. I went to wow. a neurologist and they did a tilt table test where they mm-hmm. lay me down on this like flat piece of metal or like a table quote unquote and like strap me to it. And they like turn it in all these different positions. Um, and like test my blood pressure and my pulse at all these Mm. different positions and like see what I'm feeling. And I ended up having like a full blown attack on the table. And so I found out Mm. that I have like an issue with my autonomic nervous system. So your autonomic nervous system is like 
the systems of your body that happen automatically. So your blood pressure, your pulse, your breathing, that kind of thing. And I was diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So for me, it would happen a lot in the mornings because you're going from hours and hours sleeping, being in this horizontal position to when you stand up, like all the blood pools in your legs um, Mm -hmm. and your blood pressure can't like compensate for it. So your pulse like skyrockets and your blood pressure like plummets. Um, Mm -hmm. So like for people that don't have like a sense of healthcare. Uh, like vital numbers and stuff. Blood pressure is supposed to be like 120 over 80 is like the quote unquote golden rule for that. And I remember when I was like still undiagnosed, my mom being a nurse would like take my blood pressure, my pulse and stuff when these things were going on. And I would be like 70s over 40 blood pressure, like feeling green, oh feeling like, gosh. uh, like vomiting, like uh, it was horrible. Oh. Like, I can't stress enough. Like, wow. when you don't know what's happening to you, like how helpless you feel, and that's still something that I'm working through right now in therapy, which I want to talk mm-hmm. about in a little bit. Um, it just wow. further emphasized this feeling of like being afraid of my own body where I like realize now how much I dissociated just to get through the day where there's parts of that time in my life where I straight up don't remember. Like I don't, I don't remember. Wow. And I relied a lot on like the relationships that I felt comfortable enough to say like, this is what's going on with me and I need your support. Mm-hmm. close friends. My mom got, it got to the point where my, my mom felt like she was the only person that was like, I know that this is physically happening to you and we will figure yeah. it out. So I have like a lot of appreciation oh. for her and that, in those times. That's crazy. I was dating this guy at the time and like, he had been my best friend before. And I was like, this is my rock. This is my future person. Oh. Like we're, we're going to get married. And like, he, decided that it would be smarter for us to break up during that time so that I wouldn't have to balance like dealing with all of this and him, oh. which like I can oh. understand from like a 16 year old's point of view, exactly. but like that <laughs> devastated oh, me. Absolutely. Devastated me to the point where like it was the, the rock that completely snowballed and like it got mm. to the point where I felt like so numb and I don't even know if I want you to include this part, but like, yeah, I started to question whether like this was my new normal for the rest of my life. And like that yeah. thought scared me so much that I just like completely shut my brain off. And I was like, can I even feel anything anymore? And I like kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, dipped my toe in like self-harming a little bit, um, Aww. just to see if I could feel anything. Yeah. And then when I realized like, oh, this is like a really bad path. It was like, I wouldn't let myself go that dark. Um, so like, that's kind of like, we'll close that chat, that little story time a little bit. Um, and just say that like, that was my life. And Mm -hmm. I learned quite quickly that like nothing truly could snap me out of an episode. I would just have to like chug water to get my blood pressure back up. Um, and kind of just ride it out. And I was on medication for a while. They put me on this steroid for a while. Um, and it kind of like, there's two different kinds of pots. And I guess one you can kind of grow out of. And I'm still kind of like crossing my fingers that that's the one that I have. Because it has gotten like so much 
fewer and further between as I've gotten older where like now I just have to pay attention to like when I'm sick and the probability of dehydration is stronger or mm-hmm. like if I drink too much, I can't like I, I got to cut myself off or else I'll feel terrible for like so many days or like caffeine wow. is still a big issue for me because it's dehydrating. Like the first time yeah. I had coffee in college, like full blown pots attack, terrible. I couldn't, I can't wow. drink like Mountain Dew because I would try and do that at 4-H camp when that was like all the rage. <laughs> um, I would lay up in my bunk at night and just literally like be convulsing because I couldn't sleep because I felt <laughs> so poor. Um, oh. So like <laughs> it was terrible. I can't, no, I can't imagine at such like a crucial part age of your life. Like I cannot imagine and just like, I can totally see you feeling so alone and like, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Aside from my mom being a nurse, like that situation and scenario that I went through kind of made nursing seem more like the right thing path for me to Mm. do. Because, like, I I really relate. I feel like at baseline, I'm, like, an empath. Um, And when people are struggling with something like that or, like, I have a patient that's, like, chronically ill or terminally ill, like, I don't think that I'm, like, the best nurse in the world. But, like, I care a lot more. I don't want to say I care. But, like, I, I feel like I take care of the patient's like emotional health in a way that I'm really prideful of. Oh yeah. More so than just being like a pill popper. That's Mm -hmm. what I really care about. And I, I really try and emphasize that with my patient care. If the patient is like vulnerable with me and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's amazing. Safe to say I developed some strong anxiety with that. Some strong, like, body dysmorphia, distrust in my own body, which like developed into another issue that like we'll talk about in a separate episode because I do want to shine light specifically on that issue. Um, But right now we're talking about mental health. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm very grateful that that is not my current life. Uh, Yeah. Because like I can't even imagine. imagine. (laughs) I mean, I was getting... Just to, this was like a huge, huge point that like really sent my anxiety through the roof was like, I would get letters sent home from school that were like, if Olivia misses two more days of school, she'll have to repeat the year, even though I was getting oh so straight gosh. A's because I was, I was completely like, just like wringing myself out yeah. to put forth yeah. effort into these things that were so easy to me before this all happened. Yeah. <sighs> So like wow. all these expectations and like pressures and stuff, I still carried on my back when I was going through mm-hmm. all of this. So like I struggle with um, that still of like feeling super driven. And like if I'm not productive mm-hmm. in a day, I'm really down on myself. Wow. Um, this like, yeah, distrust of my own body, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So wow. I kind of want to talk about like... I get that was a lot. Sorry. Um, no, I'm here I, processing it. I'm here for it. Like, yeah, I, I truly just cannot imagine. And like, I yeah. give you so much credit going through I'm that. I'm proud of myself for now being about where it. you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And talking about it, I agree, is huge. 
there's a previous part of me that probably would have like not been able to do that. But because of the stuff that I've done in therapy, which I want to talk about, yeah. it's become a memory that's a little bit more detached from my current sense of self. Mm-hmm. So I just mostly feel bad for that like younger version of me because it looks yeah. like when I imagine it, it's not like this part of me. It's not this like sash that I wear. It's mm-hmm. just like a thing that happened to me and happens yeah. to me still sometimes. And yeah. I don't want to be ashamed of that. So like if anybody's no. listening and like has something like this that they deal with, just know that like, ugh, I am here. Mm-hmm. I feel you. And like, this isn't fair. If there's anything that I can do to help you, like God, just text me, <laughs> DM me, I guess. <laughs> DM me would, would be the correct word. Um, yes. Cause yeah. that's, that's really near and dear to my heart. But mm-hmm. back to like, mental health in general, I kind of want to talk about like suggestions that we've discussed to, to implement, to kind of like emphasize or redirect the idea that we had as little girls of like, my body's not good enough or like, I'm never going to feel better mentally, physically, what have you. So we're going to give a couple of suggestions in general to Mm -hmm. implement. And then I want to talk a little bit about like specific things that I've done in therapy that have helped me or like just kind of like get rid of the stigma that like you have to be in therapy because you're so messed up or like, no. Yeah. So I'm here for it. I love it. The first one I did as an exercise with my first therapist, um, specifically for body dysmorphia. And I'm going to post these images. They're like, it was a piece of paper, two pieces of paper and each piece of paper had these like six different like female body sketches um Mm. and they were like either like they were just imperfect it showed imperfections whether it was like a scar or like a little bit overweight like curvy Mm -hmm. cellulite anything like that they were just sketches and there were one page that had like affirmations on them typed out already that would say like I don't have to like my body in order to, um, like feed it or like, Mm. I don't have it out right now, but just stuff like that. Like, I love just my, just because my body isn't perfect doesn't mean like it changes my worth. Just like really, Mm -hmm. it causes you to think about stuff. And my, my homework for the week was to fill out the blank page with things that were specific to me. And it was a really cool exercise. And I'm yeah. all about homework, stuff like that. Yeah. We should definitely post it. Yeah. I mean, if you can get in that space where you're just vulnerable with yourself and like use it as a tool for reflection and think about like all the things that you've still accomplished in this body that mm-hmm. you could potentially not like being in, it kind of shifts your, your thought process a little bit. And I, I just loved it. I, I wrote out like all the things that I have accomplished in this like body that I don't always love, like the mountains I've yeah. climbed and um, yeah. like all the different places I've traveled, stuff like that. And it was just, Freaking it was really amazing. fulfilling, really fulfilling. So I would love to do that. Yeah. And then another thing that I wrote down is like trying something new to feel empowered and to kind of like face potential anxiety that may be caused by thinking about doing something new. And then like just seeing that whole process through 
Yeah. And when you're done realizing like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Or if it was that bad, like, hey, I still got through it. Like, look Mm -hmm. how awesome I am for having gotten through it. And it can be anything, like literally anything. It can be like a creative endeavor, Mm -hmm. which we want to talk about in the future, or just like going to a new yoga class, trying a new Mm -hmm. recipe, like make it more like cultivated to your specific um, like interests, I guess, but not so much so that it doesn't challenge you because the point is the pushing you out of your comfort zone because that's where you grow. I love that. I think you can speak on Sandy is like um, unfollowing certain accounts oh. <laughs> online. I don't mean yeah. like you do that or whatever, but no. just like take it no. away for a little bit. Absolutely. Like people that don't fulfill you, you compare yourself to that you may follow, unfollow them. Like, and especially like, I can totally get where it's like, okay, yeah, I compare myself to this person. Like, I don't just unfollow them because if they're not fulfilling you and making you feel better about yourself and just tearing you down instead, like what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, it, it doesn't help you in your mental state. Like I absolutely can stand by that for sure. <laughs> it's so easy to think about things in like an afterthought where like you can reflect on, how you were mentally a week ago easier than you can in Mm -hmm. this present moment. So like, think about that when you're online too, and be like, how, what feelings pull up when I look at this account or when I see this picture of this person, like so true, really be like insightful about it and just like react out of that. And don't like let yourself talk yourself out of it. Exactly. Don't overthink it. Yeah. The next one is something that I'm still like working on every day that I'm not great at is like meditation. My current therapist is really talking that up. She had me get the uh, headphones. Apparently you need like both headphones. If you're going to do meditation with like, she calls them binarial. I think that's how you pronounce it. Binarial beats. Mm-hmm. You can look them up on YouTube and it's just this like hour long of like frequencies playing and stuff. And you're supposed to sit and like, just listen to them. And she said for people like me that have anxiety and I channel that into being productive to like avoid the anxiety. Um, when you are completely silent meditating, like your brain is automatically going to like reach out and yeah. grab that thing and like try and start thinking through things and not really be in the moment and being shut down. So she said to like, um, how did she describe it? Like pick up a specific, um, mantra is what she said. Mantra meditating where like you do something over and over again and just focus on a task. So you're completing that specific task, but it's like a mindless task where she was like, you could say like, um, um, like the, the yoga mm-hmm. people, I don't do that cause yeah. it feels corny. <laughs> so I do this thing that I learned from that, um, mother hunger book where like I take a deep breath in with one nostril plugged. Oh, oh that sounds like I need to blow my nose <laughs> and then hold it. And then I'll plug the other one and exhale out of that one. I say this to somebody that's like meditated, like maybe seven times and I should be doing it every single day, but it's hard. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've tried it too. It's hard. I like the idea of the buying something beats. 
Yeah. I feel like I could get along with that. Maybe. Yeah. It's hard. It is really hard. Um, yeah. But, you know, food for thought. I'm not exactly. good at it. I'm still working at it. Just because I'm not great mm-hmm. at it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Exactly. That can be your trying something new. <laughs> yeah. How easy. We gave exactly. you a suggestion. There you um, go. <laughs> another one is just like basic journaling. Like I talked about how Colton journals yeah. in the morning. No, no template. I don't, I don't like journals that like tell you specifically, like write about this, write about that. Yeah. I feel like that's really constrictive. I do and I don't. I don't like it at all. Um, the one thing that I will say is like, you have to be intentional about all of these things. You have to make time for them. Um, I'm even bad about that. And like, I was forced to go out the other day when Colton had the RV getting the windshield fixed. I was like, well, I'm stuck here. So what am I going to do? Cause I don't have access to anything, but I had kind of anticipated the time. So I was like, I'm going to take my, um, I'm going to take my journal and I'm going to go down to the to the water because we live next mm-hmm. to the ocean right now. And I sat for two hours and I, I keep these journals. I'm almost on my fifth one. And I, wow. I started it as like a travel journal to just like write down all of our adventures. So I could read them when I'm old and decrepit, <laughs> but like I've kind of started to trickle in. <laughs> I've started to trickle in like mental health stuff and like personal yeah. growth too. So I wrote about that. That's um, And I think that that's what I want to emphasize is like when you're able to focus on the reflection, you're able Mm -hmm. to see like how far you've come and like how much you have to appreciate about yourself and getting through tough times. So like if that's a prompt and a general theme for you to write about is just like reflection is a good one. Yeah, I love that. I'm so here for the journal. I'm going to have to go buy one and get a cute little one that. But that's fun. Like I found... I like finding them in like more like outdoorsy shops and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I found my latest one that I'm about to start at Target. So like you just, just got to keep an eye out and they'll pop up. And then the last two, I guess we can kind of like put together is, um, setting boundaries and like distancing Mm. yourself from toxicity. And that kind of like explains itself without needing more explanations. Boundary Mm -hmm. setting is really hard though. And I like, I don't really know that I have enough experience to like say this is what you need to do, but like mm-hmm. maybe in the future it would be cool to have <laughs> if we have a special guest yeah, to come on and kind of talk about it. like how to do that. I need help with that. I need help with that too. Cause I'll go through conversations and be like, Oh, I'm uncomfortable with this, but I don't know how to insert yeah. my boundary without like waiting and waiting and waiting until I'm so upset that like I spew <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> Oh, you know, I struggle with that. I come across as a grade A bitch. <laughs> and I don't mean to, but like. No, I, you don't. Uh, I haven't yes. seen that side of you. Well, you haven't. You haven't needed one. Oh, good. Hopefully I never do. <laughs> I listened to this pod. Was it a podcast or something? Yeah, recently. And and she was saying, like, make it about you when you set a boundary. Ooh. But again, like, I would love to get a, a guest if we can have a guest. Ooh, and she was like, yeah. this isn't working for me. Or, like, this is making me feel blank. So, like, I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation or whatever. Or, like, oh, when you wow. talk about X, it makes me feel like this. 
yeah so kind of turning it onto yourself it so on the you. pers- other person doesn't feel so defensive um, oh i like that but again i'm not like good that. at it but I, that kind of like light bulb moment in the back of my head and i guess uh, uh the last thing that i want to talk about i guess we'll go briefly is like my own personal experience with therapy i kind of already did how like the beginning you talk a lot about your childhood i want to mm-hmm. talk about like the medication and the emdr aspect so yeah, yeah, yeah. i went to this new therapist in the last during this contract so in the last three months i started seeing her through better help and she's more specific to what i need in the sense of like she's trauma-based she thinks mm. i have medical ptsd and we're getting to know each other it's like a session two and she just comes out of the blue and i was like yeah out of all of my clients you're probably the most anxious and i was like about oh. to flip tables i was so pissed i was like you don't even know me how are you diagnosing me she told me first session that i had ptsd and i was like first of all i was not in a war because that's all i have to base ptsd from i don't have flashbacks Mm -hmm. i don't know what you're talking about like that's false and i was mad at her for like a solid two weeks and then i told her like this is how your comment made me feel and like (laughs) we had a reconnection but like oh i love it it basically what I'm trying to emphasize is like therapy is really, really hard. You learn a lot about yourself and it's not like, Oh, I can just talk to my friend and that's a form of therapy. Like these people are trained. Exactly. Just like try it out. You don't have to stick with it. You don't have to stay with the same person. It's good for you. And I know that I probably should have shared a story that was like, not not freaking like running me through the mud but like it was that conversation that sparked me like to read that book and then I learned about like the fact that my brain chemistry definitely changed when I was going through all of that trauma in junior high to the point where like I'm living with this constant buzzing in my mind of like oh, is it going to happen now? Or like, oh, I'm not being productive. I'm like a waste of space today to the point Mm -hmm. where I was like, it's not my fault that I have anxiety. Like I have this problem. I have this PTSD because of these circumstances that happened to me. I shouldn't feel ashamed for what's happened to me or having anxiety. So when I started taking the medication, seriously, like, all of this buzzing in my head has calmed down to like a more subtle hum that I'm able to like, I just feel so much better and I'm able to give myself grace in a way that I've never been able to before. Like you don't realize how interconnected like anxiety is with your physical feeling too. Cause like my Mm -hmm. bowels have calmed down. Like I mentioned before, like, yeah, I know that certain medications cause like side effects and stuff. And you have to find one that works Mm. for you. And like, yeah, I'm doing well with my first one. I've been on it for like two months now, but like, it's just such a difference that you, I really can't explain it unless you were able to feel it from one point to another, but like, just try, like you could potentially feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I keep telling Alex that I want to try. I need to try therapy. I will be your champion in the background, just like fist pump and do it, do it, do it, do it to it. 
the last thing I want to talk about in relation to my personal therapy is this newest thing that I'm trying, which is EMDR. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Oh, shoot. I should have written this down. It's and eye movement D-R. desensitization reprocessing. Ooh. I think. Hold yeah. on. Let me t- triple check. And eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Desensitization? Yeah. It's a hard word to say. And if you do like a really small amount of research on it or watch a video of somebody having it done, it looks very woo-woo and like, that looks stupid. There's no way that that's real. Can I read the definition? Sure. Okay. EMDR is a psychotherapy that enables people to heal from the symptoms and emotional distress. Essentially, you're working on one specific trauma at a time. And I do it over virtual. So like, there's no excuse if you want to try it, it can happen. And your therapist either like taps on the table, or if you're in person, you could follow like a light bar or like their finger moving back and forth. And you're supposed to follow it with your eyes. And it essentially mimics like the REM deep sleep, how our eyes move when we're sleeping. Um, And it causes you to reprocess the trauma. So before I started we were supposed to pick one specific trauma. Mine, I was like, I want to do this POTS thing. So she's like, okay, well, is there a specific episode that you can think of that like really traumatized you Mm -hmm. or like, what do you want to do? And I came up with this one on the bus ride to school, like leaning against the window and like I chose that one because it happened so frequently that I thought I would be able to like conjure it up really easily and have like really Mm -hmm. visceral memories from it. And I'm realizing that that's not really what's happening for me. But anyway, that's like what I'm supposed to flip to when she starts doing the passes is what she calls the tapping. Um, And we also established like a safe place before I started the first session Mm -hmm. too, so that if the feelings are too stressful for you or causing you to panic, you can say one word and like go to your safe place. And she like, she made you go through for both of those, the trauma. Okay. I'm getting excited. (laughs) The trauma and the safe place, both of those scenarios, she has you go through like all of your senses so that you can really like feel that moment. So you think about like, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? What do you smell? Do you taste anything? What are you hearing? Like, um, and it was easier for me to do that for my like safe space. Cause I was like, easily, I'm going to be sitting at delicate arch when I hiked by myself, sat in journal for hours. And like what I was seeing, like I can so easily go to that moment. And I just felt peace and like, that's what I use for that. And I've only done a couple sessions. The first one was really rough. And the second one was kind of like awesome. Yeah. I remember you texted me right after both. <laughs> yeah. The first one, I kind of had a hard time like getting out of my own head and like not focusing on the fact that she was mm-hmm. watching me on a con- computer screen and stuff. But like, it's weird. Once you can kind of feel yourself like shifting into it. It almost feels like a little bit dizzying and your vision kind of blurs a little bit because your eyes are open the whole time. But like a lot of it, I could hear myself like, I don't, I mean, it sounds really traumatic, but like I was screaming certain thoughts that I had during like the attacks 
um, that I didn't even verbalize to myself or like anyone else at the time. What? Like I could hear myself saying like, you can't trust these people. Cause I would see people's faces of like, Oh my gosh. Oh, she's having another episode or like a teacher, like looking concerned. Like you can't trust these people. You can't trust yourself. And I would repeat that in my head. Trippy. Or, or like, this is your personal hell. This will never change. Like all these things started happening. Um, and like, I had to stop at one point cause it was getting really intense I like could see myself looking at my body in a mirror. Cause the reason I did this one is because like, it was this like distrust of my body and feeling helpless. So like, mm. that's what I want to work through. Yeah. So a lot of it is like inner internally based. Um, so I was working through like a lot of that and that was tough, really tough. And then the mm-hmm. second one was more like I had an episode where like it was rough and I was, surprised that I was like going to cry, but I was able to kind of like shift my, my brain. I was upset at first. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, my brain is like making me think about like all of the things that I've done past this chapter of my life and like how I, how this isn't my reality. And it was like healing my, my brain, it seems like, but I was mad. Cause I was like, I'm trying to like release these feelings, But my therapist was like, no, I'm really proud of you. Like your brain did that so that you could come down from that feeling and you did a really good job. Like that whole pass, you were able to face it, face it, face it. And then your brain started to shift and then you got yourself out of it. And that's the goal is that you're able to reprocess, release and like come back to reality and the success that you've had now. And it got to the point where like my last few passes of the last EMDR session, I was like singing this song in my head and I couldn't get it out. And it was that big energy. (laughs) I I can't even think about it. It's not even a song I listen to a lot, but I was like singing it in my head. I thought it was a Lizzo song at the time. It's not that. What is it? Lotta? I can tell you got big dick energy. Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden I was having flashes of like all these massive hike moments that I've done, like climbing up half dome angels landing all these huge like I never imagined moments that I've done post my pots chapter and I just left feeling like so proud of myself so detached from those memories like separated from who I was versus who Mm -hmm. I am now and I have another uh session today and I'm excited to do that because eventually she says she'll like have you rate it after the session like compared to then versus now, like on a scale from mm-hmm. zero to seven, like how much better do you feel about like feeling helpless? Do you think that's accurate yeah. now? Um, so it's cool to kind of see the progression. Wow. Um, but eventually she wants to use it and do like futuristic sessions. We're talking about specific scenarios where I could feel like um, distrustful or nervous or anxious about my own body or feeling helpless and like how I can kind of work through that ahead of time. So it's going to be interesting, but like, wow, in general, y'all don't knock therapy and things until you try them. Cause like they're wild. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would have such a hard time, like Yes, getting there and being like, okay, this is really like getting over the fact that me thinking this is corny and being like, why am I doing this? And then getting over that, I think it would be really cool. 
Yeah, it is. It is really cool. Wow. So don't knock until you try it. Ah. No. Um, so, okay, to wrap up this episode, I guess I kind of want to do a quote-unquote game for yeah. you, Sandy. I'm like, I don't have to do one because I've been yeah. in, like, an absolute motor mouth this episode. But, like, describe <laughs> yes, you do. a scenario when oh, you gosh. personally felt empowered. What were you doing and why did you feel empowered? Oh, what was I doing? That okay. That's hard for me. Certain scenarios, I I don't know. I think when I'm like photographing a wedding that I really, really love, like the vibe, the people, everything, like and I know that I'm doing a good job. I don't want that to sound like I have a big head, but it does some days I just really feel like it. And mm-hmm. I love what I'm doing and I feel like that just makes me feel empowered. Like, oh my gosh, I am nailing this wedding. I am getting all the shots that they want. I am getting all the shots that I want. And like, it's a freaking dream. Like Mm -hmm. I, I know there's weddings then that are not a freaking dream for me. Yeah. But ultimately like you should feel really proud Mm -hmm. of yourself and like your own little badass because Mm -hmm. you did, Mm -hmm. you made this whole career. Like you do all of the work. It's all you. It's all your dream. Like you're killing it. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. That's your baby. Yeah. Cause I started when I was 18 and I like I've grown it and that does make me feel very empowered. So you're right. Yeah. You should feel proud. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. I want to hear yours though too. Okay. I had like <laughs> two in mind, but I I guess yeah. I want to save the personal like photo shoot one because I, for like the yeah. creative episode, because I do mm-hmm. in the last year sure. have really gotten into the habit of like when I feel inspired by the nature around me, I'll go out and yeah. like get dressed up and kind of do like a moody self-portrait session. I just did one yesterday. I love it. Bomb. Go check out her Instagram. Well, I don't post a ton of those, but maybe I'll post one when we do you the episode. Should. I'll post it to yeah. wander her. You so should. My personal, like, I would love to do that for other women. Just make them feel, like, totally mm-hmm. beautiful. I had someone recommend, like, oh, you should be, like, a boudoir photo mm-hmm. photographer. And I was like, I mean, I did one session yeah. with this uh, bride that I did. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I want it to be more, like, we're, like, wild women, like, in touch with nature, yeah. like, yeah. that kind of thing more so. Like, maybe if somebody wants to get naked, like, I wouldn't care about that. But it's more, like, get dirty or, like, get really mm-hmm. whimsical about the nature around you and take pictures that you feel pretty in. And, like, even if it's an yeah. ugly picture, it's pretty because it's moody and it's... Like you have all these emotions, like, Ooh, I could pop off. I love that. But, um, love that. (laughs) What I, when I felt most empowered was probably, uh, I was in Pittsburgh with Colton once and we were just taking like a quick trip and I went to this open mic and I read one of my poems in front of a group of strangers for the first time ever. Um, and it's, it was like this dark 
poem and stuff and it wasn't about me and I like had to preface it before I read it because it was like this dark mm-hmm. emotion of like sexual abuse and stuff I don't know how I could oh. how I've oh. like written about stuff because that hasn't happened to me but um oh, no. just the feeling of like having accomplished that after the fact I was like hell yeah I did do it and it was nerve-wracking and terrifying but I did it and it yeah. was awesome but you did it that's freaking yeah. amazing snaps so homework for you guys i guess try try one of the implements uh implementation suggestions that we gave Mm -hmm. try something new let us know just all the things and uh thanks for listening thanks for sitting through getting to know me a little better but anyways anyways i love it bye bye Thank you so, so much for listening to Want Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.